whatever has led us to where we are, all of that is intentional and a part of our superpowers. But we've got to value that. We've got to value what we already bring to the table through everything that's led us up to here. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, the founder of She Leads Live, Australia and New Zealand's largest women's leadership and empowerment event. With 17 years experience as a senior trainer, I've led government contracts that create national change and have spent over a decade facilitating advanced leadership experiences throughout New Zealand, Australia and Southeast Asia. One of the things I've learned is that the stuff we tell ourselves in our head doesn't reflect our true capacity. And as women, we can be pretty good at minimizing our power. The reason I do this work is because I see so many incredible women with massive potential buying into the things that hold them back. And I want to change that. My intention is that these episodes remind you that the self-doubt and the fears that you've been having about your next level are all totally normal. And my hope is that these conversations light a fire in your belly to go after your big dreams. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Kia ora everyone, it's Kate here and welcome along to this episode of She Leads A New Future. So this conversation I'm really excited by because we're going to actually talk about this bloody big thing of why so many women chronically hold themselves back without going boldly into the next level. And we're going to look at it, and we're going to look at a little bit of research to start off with, which just absolutely points to the chronicness of this. And then we're going to look at what's causing it and what's going to actually make the difference in this area. What is the switch that we need to make that allows us to move forward? I was going to give away the punchline. No, no, don't give away the punchline, which allows us to move forward. So here's this bit of research that I read and I was like, damn, this is so in alignment with so much that I see with uh, women holding themselves back. So research shows that when applying for a new job, women and men approach it differently. So women feel that they need to meet 100% of the criteria on the job before they can even go and apply for it. Whereas men feel that they need to just meet around 60% of the criteria and then they just feel confident enough to go and apply for the job. So essentially what's happening is women just massively screen themselves more, right? So they're massively screening themselves more and they actually end up applying for about 20% fewer jobs than men. Now, it's not just in job applications that women are screening themselves, It's across life. This is what I see, and it's in my coaching clients, and it's in the women who are reaching out. There's this chronic screening of ourselves where we make decisions and judgments on our abilities, and usually our lack of abilities, and our lack of capabilities, and our lack of experience, which has the effect of this making some decision or some conclusion of, well, I'm not ready for it yet. I'm not capable of it yet. I'll wait until da-da-da-da-da. And there's two things in play here. 
One is a chronic undervaluing of current skills and experience. And number two, so it's like on the left hand it's that and on the right hand it's this, a not understanding the bigger picture of what it actually takes to just step into that next level. Right, and so we're going to dive into this a lot more. See, I was talking to an incredible woman this week uh, in a coaching session, and so she's just signed up for my high-end twelve-month all-access elite coaching, which is around helping her kick off her business to the next level. And it was interesting because she's a woman who has already had incredible success in business. She has uh, two companies. And she was coming to the conversation absolutely undervaluing her previous business skills and experience. And I could see it in her whole demeanor and in her languaging and in her conversation. She wasn't valuing what she already brings to the table as a businesswoman and as an entrepreneur. Sure, there's areas of business that she's yet to learn and yet to break through into, but she also is going to be well served to hold her head freaking high and stand tall in the knowledge that she's already had a huge experience and capacity in business. And this is the thing that as women I see we just don't do well. We don't get that the experiences that we've already had on multiple levels, they cross credit into the future. They cross credit into the next thing, even if it's not an exact fit. So I want to give you an example of in my own life. I, years ago, most of you or many of you might know that I was a registered nurse previous to this lifetime, and I remember when I was applying for a nursing job and I came across an advert for a, essentially it was a clinical nursing educator position. And it was a certain type of position. It was a new position that had just come about. And they had a list of criteria of what this job required. And one of it was that needed to have someone who had clinical skills. So it needed a registered nurse. Great tick, I was a registered nurse. It also needed someone with project management experience. Hmm, I didn't even know what the word project management even meant back then. I know, hilarious, hey? And it also needed experience with speaking. Now, I've got experience with speaking, but guess where I got that through? I got that through that damn job that I got, right? And I'll talk to you about that in a minute, but at that time, I had no real experience in speaking and in fact I was still massively nervous with being in front of people like terrified with being in front of people and it had all of these things that really I had no no real on the court first-hand experience of but when I read it I thought that is the job for me I absolutely want that job so much and so I probably fitted about maybe 30% of the criteria, possibly 25, I don't know. I for sure was the least experienced person who applied for that job. Now, 
what I did was a ton of research leading into it. And I started thinking creatively and I started thinking laterally. And I thought, well, they, okay, what is this project management thing? So I Googled project management, figured out what it was. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I'm laughing at myself. And I thought, well, what have I done where I have managed big things with lots of moving parts? I thought, well, essentially that's kind of project management, right? where you've got a ton of moving parts and then you're managing it and you're coordinating. And I thought, well, I grew up in an orchard and I used to, as a teenager, work in the big, my my parents had this huge big packing shed and there was maybe about 40 staff in there and they were packing apples and grading and and stacking with the tractor and stuff. And I was like, well, I was a key part of that. (laughs) So I just built in my head that I helped to coordinate a large packing shed. And I did, and but it certainly wasn't project management. However, here's the key point, point. this is my point of all of this, is that the skill set, the experience, the tenacity was already being developed through those experiences, so I cross-credited that over. Now, the speaking piece, had I been used to speaking in front of large audiences? Absolutely not, not at that point. But what I had was when I looked at high school, see I was in my early 20s when I applied for this job, I looked at high school and I thought, well, I did speech and drama right through high school and I did a lot of high level grades in it and I got a um, speech and drama teaching qualification and all this. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to use that. And then also I remembered, ha, I was an aerobics instructor. And so I spoke up the front on the microphone for, you know, a few hours every week while I was teaching my aerobics classes when I was, you know, for a few years in my um, younger years. And so I thought, I'm going to cross-credit that too. So I guess here's the thing. I went into that interview, and I absolutely talked my way in. I even said up front, look, I'm possibly the younger or maybe least experienced of the people who apply, but I can sure as shit, and I don't know if I swore, hand on heart say that if you employ me for this role, you're going to have someone who's like a dog with a bone going after whatever you are committed to. I'm going to be doubly committed to getting it. And I talked in the interview with them and I shared with them the things that I did when I managed projects. (laughs) I talked to them about the experience as an aerobic structure and my confidence in front of people. And I talked to them about the um, teaching qualification I had in speech and drama and all the rest of it. And anyway, here's the thing. I got the job. And months later, uh, the two women who had actually interviewed and employed me said to me, they knew for a fact that I was by far the least qualified and least experienced, but they said there was something about me that was so tenacious that no one else had. Other people had more experience and more um, probably qualifications than what I did, but they said that there was just this um, level of tenacity that I brought to the table that they said they felt like if they gave me the job, I would figure it out as I went, and that was exactly what I did. So I spent the next couple of years working in that role just absolutely being like a dog with a bone and going after it fully. And through that experience, I got the on-the-court experience. I was in front of rooms of you know 200 nurses at a time teaching at the study day, And even though my heart was going to jump out of my chest and I felt like I was going to throw up with the experience of it, I just absolutely did everything that I could to 
become the best version of myself and to learn as much as what I could in the role. And it obviously worked because after a couple of years, I also got a national contract for this role. So the role, well, the, the, the elements of the role cross-credited into a huge national contract that was going. And so then the next step from that was to bid for this national contract, which I then won the national contract because I'd had proven experience of absolutely just going after it and the results that I'd created. And so obviously stepping into this national contract, that was then another, like, throwing my hat over the fence. I did not, when I bidded for that national contract, have the exact skills and experience of what they needed. But I had a huge amount of it because I had originally, a couple of years before, throwing my hat over the fence by getting this job that I wasn't 100% qualified for. But I had the tenacity that I proved basically during the interview that when I got into the role, I was tenacious enough to just figure it out and to make it happen and to learn very fast from my mistakes and to pay fast attention to the feedback that I was getting of what's working, what's not, what needs to be adjusted, what dials need to be shifted here. And so with all of that just daily experience, it moved me so far forward that I was then in a position to be able to even apply for this or bid for this national contract, which I ended up winning. And then at the end of delivering that contract, it just automatically got renewed because I had been so effective in that role. Now, here's, now here's my point of even taking the few minutes of actually sharing that whole story is that I had to value the experiences that I'd had prior to this role. I had to value that I was the kind of person that could figure it out, that could be resourceful enough within the role to think laterally and think creatively and to ask questions and to have the work ethic that backed it up to be able to get them the results that they needed. And that came down to valuing the previous experiences and skills that I brought, even if they weren't an exact fit for the role that I was stepping into. And it's like the client that I just talked about, who I spoke with yesterday, and she already has incredible experience in her life, business-wise, personal-wise, the things she's had to go toe-to-toe with, and all of this stuff cross-credits into the future. I saw my mum, I was um, very um, blessed to have such a stubbornly determined mum who was five foot something and quite tiny compared to the rest of our family. And she was the kind of woman who absolutely made things happen. And I remember one year when our orchard had been completely hailed out, i.e. mum and dad had a huge crop of fruit that was our sole source of income. And there was a hail storm, which meant that the actual crop was fully wiped out a couple of years in a row. So in a year, in a season where a lot of orchardists lost their, lost their um, livelihood, went bankrupt, 
mum and dad just got super determined. And I remember, so mum decided to apply for a job because she needed to bring in some extra income to keep the family afloat. And she applied for a job that she wasn't experienced for, that she wasn't, in, in a lot of ways that the criteria said, she was experienced in some ways, but she certainly didn't meet the 100% of the criteria. And there were some key things that they said on the application that you must have, that she absolutely did not have. So she had to work her ass off. And I remember she was up at God knows what time in the morning and went to bed at God knows what time at night, learning the skill, which was statistics. And, you know, mum left school at 14 to, you know, she dropped out of school early. So she had to study statistics morning and night with my brother to get a skill set to prove at this job. And I remember her leaving the house in the morning on to go for the interview and her last words always stood out with, for me when she left. She said, I'm not coming home till I have that bloody job <laughs> and the way in which she said it. So um, she obviously came home at the end of the day with the job because I think they dared not not give it to her. But she went on to become their regional um, coordinator because she just had the, tena the tenacity. She had the tenacity, this, which uh, I've heard tenacity being described as stubborn determination. It's like this unwavering commitment to the end result and then being willing to just think laterally and creatively and resourcefully to essentially become the person who can call forth that result. Before I take you back to the episode, I want to remind you to come on over and connect with me on my new Instagram, at KateRubyAroha. While you're there, feel free to flick me a DM, say hi, and let me know what you're getting out of these episodes. I'll chat with you over there. So I said that there's two things that I see that contribute to this. On one hand, it's this chronic undervaluing of what we already bring to the table and not seeing that the experiences that we have in multiple areas of life and the skills that we already have, they cross credit for us into the areas that we want to step into. And I believe that our journey is not accidental. The family that we were born into, the experiences that we had in our life growing up and the various um, twists and turns in our career path or the twists and turns in our life journey, I absolutely see that none of that is accidental. And it was a huge breakthrough when I got that for myself. Because there was a, a previous version of Kate that absolutely thought that I have wasted my life, that I shouldn't have had the upbringing that I had, that I um, wish that I was a different kind of a person that didn't have this type of a personality. And I, I just wished myself and my life away, thinking that it was supposed to have been different, thinking that I was supposed to have a different perspective, that I was supposed to have different skills or different experiences, that I should have had a different journey. This freaking mammoth breakthrough that I finally got was actually understanding, getting in my freaking selves that the journey that I had been on with the experiences and the upbringing and the family all was working for me because it gave me a uniqueness, a unique insight and perspective on life. 
it gave me unique inner muscles and inner strength. And it gave me unique understandings of things. And little time out here, by the way, I'm clearly also speaking to you. This is not just about me. This is every one of us understanding and valuing that the whatever has led us to where we are, all of that is intentional and a part of our superpowers. But we've got to value that. We've got to value what we already bring to the table through everything that's led us up to here. Right? And then, then I'm going to talk about the next bit. But I want to just really get you so solid and grounded in the fact that you have the uniqueness and the perspectives and the experiences of what you've been needing to bring you to this point of your life to take the next step of what you feel called to, whether it is a job application or whether it is you're birthing something at your next level, everything that you've been through up until now has been crafting and shaping and strengthening the underlying foundations that put you in a position right now to take the next big step. When I got that for myself, I stopped trying to make myself like the person that I, in my head, that I thought that I was supposed to be. Because the amount of energy that goes into trying to be a different version of ourselves is ridiculous. It's exhausting and it sucks our time and our power away. So anyway, when I got that for myself, it was like, damn, maybe I'm okay as I am. Maybe the way in which I even simplify stuff and and that I don't sound what I thought was like super smart and articulate and that I had to put things in a certain way that people hadn't heard before, blah, 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 like all of this stuff, I realized that, oh no, what if I just could really trust and value that everything leading up until now was meant to be? Then I could relax and actually be fully myself, yep, in all the shades. Holy crap, that saved a lot of time and energy. And then just trust equally where I'm being called to. So whatever that next nudge is, boldly step into it. Now here's the second piece. So on one hand, it's valuing what we currently bring to the table. That the journey up until now and the previous skills and experiences all cross credit, right? To get that nursing job, as a clinical nurse educator, I had to value that the work I did in the orchard, that the um, aerobics instructor experience, that the different experiences, that they all were going to cross credit. So the second piece here is actually, once we value that, is understanding what it actually takes to go to the next level. And here's the piece that I've really got for myself. To actually go to the next level, we don't yet have to have the experience at the next level. And in fact, that's kind of freaking ridiculous to even think that we could and would, right? If it is your next level, you ain't going to have the experience for that. 
It doesn't work like that because it's your next level. You can't have the experience for it yet. So you've got to put yourself at the next level to even get the experience, which means you have to have a level of boldness and tenacity, which means you have to go, huh, where am I being called to? Yep, I trust that nudge because I trust the whole journey of what's led me up until now. I trust that I'm exactly where I need to be and whatever nudge is coming through, I'm going to freaking trust it as well. So now I'm going to boldly step into that next level knowing that I don't yet have all of the experiences and skills of that next level nailed down currently because it is the next level. And as I step into it, I know that it's the stepping into it and the playing at the next level that's going to give me the environment and the situations to develop the experience and the inner resources and muscles at my new level. So um, I hope that as you're listening to this conversation, you are allowing yourself to get stirred on the inside with where you've been holding yourself back, with where you have perhaps not even realized, but thought to yourself in your head, hmm, I want to do that thing, but one day I'll do it. That, oh, I would love to apply for that, or I'd love to go for that, or I'd love to birth that. But I don't yet have everything I need for it, and so I'll wait. This this waiting, holding pattern thingy is the very thing that holds people back. And I'd say it's like the wolf in sheep's clothing because when we say that to ourselves, we truly freaking believe that, yeah, one day I'll do it. It is just a chronic holding pattern. It's a level of thinking that always has the next level be out of reach because as soon as another year comes by, we're still at the the same level of thinking because we haven't broken that level of thinking. We haven't elevated our thinking to see that the thing that creates the results is by getting yourself into the next level before you feel ready. And the readiness and the experience and the skills at the next level only come by getting yourself in the damn game. I hope that this conversation has rattled something within you and uh, given you the confidence to go and chase that thing that maybe you've been putting on the back burner. You can go and check out my rather unflattering journey over on my Insta story highlights at the top of my Insta page at Kate Ruby Aroha. 